Welcome to the Envision Together, Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I'm your host, Pamela Mishana. Join me on this bi-weekly journey of empowerment, where you'll hear hands-on advice from lifestyle experts, educators, authors, spiritual leaders, and many more who will share tips on how to triumph personally, professionally, and spiritually. We explore timely topics such as overcoming anxiety and fear, educating the reluctant student, cultivating lasting relationships, and strengthening our faith. My hope is that the insights offered on the show will help us envision ourselves using our unique gifts and talents on greater levels for greater purposes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Envision Together, going to our next level of best. I have an exciting guest for us today. Her name is Donna Dahl, and she has a lot of great information to share with us. So, Donna, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you. I am an author. I've written uh, a number of books in the realm of self-empowerment. I'm I'm an empowerment coach, and I'm also a, a book shepherd. I've won a number of awards for the work that I've done, one of those being an award for lifetime achievement, and another uh, where I was named one of the top 100 professionals for Canada for the year 2020. And all that has been after uh, a car accident a, a number of years ago that left me without the ability to be able to participate uh, in, in particularly well in, in my own life. And so I'm, I'm honored and privileged to, to be here and to provide, uh, provide support uh, to others as a servant leader. Thank you. Thanks for sharing all of that stuff and for being so candid. I know that you're not one to toot your own horn. So thanks for sharing all of your wonderful accolades with the guests too. It just helps them get an idea of who is sharing information with them. Thanks again. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I know we have lots of wonderful things to talk about. So I know that the idea of identity is important to you. What does it have to do with reinventing oneself? I discovered after my accident that if I wanted to participate, I needed to, I needed to take some action steps. I had left a professional career behind that had me serving in, in leadership roles. And so I needed to ask myself the question of who am I, you know, and, and why should anybody care? What the heck would it matter? But it mattered to me that I would be able to build myself. And so I began by developing a business card that said, Donna Dahl, Chief Residential Logistics Officer in charge of running errands, uh, (laughs) housekeeping and dust bunny management. I figured if I could laugh at myself somewhat, I might be able to increase my confidence and and my courage going forward. So as a result, I was uh, eventually invited to write an article for, for a magazine. I had, previous to the accident, I had done a considerable amount of writing, but here I was stuck on the page. I finally was able, after three weeks, to put together a thousand words. 
And my husband said, just send it. He, he had been very patient with me and <laughs> supported me through the whole process. No sooner had I sent it, the publisher of the magazine sent a message back, a one-word message that said, perfect. <laughs> and I thought, oh, dear, if I, if I wanted to do something like that again, am I okay with that? Because now the bar is really, really high. But it didn't stop there. Someone came along and said, you know, that article could be a book. <laughs> I, I really wasn't sure that I could take that seriously. And the prodding kept coming. And finally, I agreed to commit to sitting down and making an attempt to write a draft. Wow, that so first that draft, article led to your first book. To my first book, uh, which 14 months after the article I had a published book in my hands, and that launched my coaching business. Wonderful. Wow, that's an amazing story. And it's so funny, you were apprehensive about even sending it in the first place, and it turned out to be this wonderful thing that transformed your life. Changed it completely. Well, thanks for sharing about that. Now, I know advocacy is very special to you also, um, supporting others, doing better. Why is it important to you? That question goes back to, to something. I, I, it's in my roots. It's in my, it's in my bones. As a kid, I was often teased, teased to the point of, of tears. Hmm. I, I felt I felt harassed, I felt hurt, I felt bullied. I, I, it was uncomfortable for me to go to school. And so when I now have an opportunity to work with people that, that just need maybe the, the smallest of nudges to help them to build courage, confidence, take a step outside of their comfort zone. I mean, there's, there's a niggle inside of them that says, I believe in myself that there's something more. If I could just have a helping hand to get me going, it would make such a difference. And it's so rewarding to be invited to be part of that journey with others. You know, I was reflecting on a lot while you were sharing. Not all of us have been bullied per se or not specifically in the way that you experienced it. But I think a lot of us can relate to that feeling of just, I don't know, not knowing if you're accepted or good enough, or if you have something to offer that other people will value. And those are things that I was reflecting on while you were sharing those places in my life where I have had those questions in the past. And there's sometimes even right now I have those questions depending on the topic. And I do find that a lot of our passion or desire to want to help others, oftentimes it will stem from our own place of need that either has been worked out, figured out, or we're in the process of working it out. I think that's a common theme just amongst people. So during a previous conversation, you spoke about the book you authored, Lessons I Learned from Turtle and Tortoise. Please share some of your insights. Oh, thank you. I, I really enjoy 
talking about my book, Lessons I Learned from the Tortoise. Hare and tortoise are two very complementary characters. And we need to have something of each of them in our environment. We can be grateful for the characteristics that hair brings because hair has a sense of bravado and spontaneity about him. He's willing to step forward. But we can also appreciate tortoise because tortoise has tenacity, a sense of commitment, and, uh, and a real goal of setting out to, to want to accomplish something that might seem like it's climbing Mount Everest when Mount Everest shouldn't ever even, wouldn't ever be considered to be in the picture. And so if nothing else, if we consider, you know, hair as a, as a bully for bullying tortoise in, in, into even mentioning getting into a race, now we, we have a couple of other pieces that, that can be of, of use to us. And, and that is that maybe believing in ourselves is the piece that makes the difference. Maybe taking advantage of opportunities available to us is the piece that makes the difference. And so I, I invite people to read Lessons I Learned from the Tortoise. It, it's on Amazon. Just, just to get a different insight into the potential of possibilities that Aesop might have written about, he just didn't have time. So let's make it clear. We're not just dissecting our childhood books. What do these concepts have to do with, say, our God-given purpose? Well, you know, I think each of us experiences lessons along the way. And sometimes sometimes we don't get the lesson the first time. And so the, the lesson continues and continues until we get it. I think that the, the accident I was in was in some ways a message that said it was time for me to step out of my comfort zone and into a place where I could be of greater service. Hmm. Wow. I can relate to that. I've certainly had uh, situations happen in life where you can, you may even think this is unfair. Why is this happening to me? In your case, it's an accident. So no one is like, Hey, that's what I want. I want to be in an accident or have some other form of tragedy happen, like, I don't know, a loss of a loved one or some unfair treatment at the workplace or whatever the case may be. But it's so interesting. I am now talking to so many people because of the podcast. (laughs) And we always kind of get down to the nitty gritty of what sent you on this path? What, What took you down this road of purpose where you're doing things that's different than you've done before. Like you didn't write that book. It was circumstances that led you to write the article and then the book and look at you brilliantly doing work and, and even helping others. I'm finding that more and more people have some type of shift or transition like that in their lives. And sometimes it's not something pleasant that happened that caused that shift, but something beautiful comes from it. That's such an interesting pattern (laughs) that I'm noticing uh, more and more. And it's so amazing to me that people come out of those situations with the idea that I went through that and now I'm able to help others. 
and I want to help others. Why do you believe that the tortoise and the hare are equally important? It's been uh, it's been hot for some time. Uh, we can find it on Google under such titles as uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And for me, the the tortoise and the hare represent that concept. In the workplace, I'm sure we're going to recognize the ones that dart out of the starting gate. They have they have ideas galore and they are anxious to get going. And there are others who might be more sitting on the sidelines, needing to be contemplative, self-reflective before jumping into a situation. We, we have people on teams that are there perhaps with various levels of commitment. I think that we need to learn to honor all the skills, all the talents, all the characteristics of, of people that, that we might be called upon to, to work with. Some of them are going to come with physical limitations. Some of them are going to have had challenges in, in other ways, but For me, the tortoise and the hare tell us that it is possible for us to honor diversity, just like all the animals in the forest share the space. Very good. I agree. It makes me think of my background in theater. And when you look at all these talents coming together, what you really want in a creative situation like that is for everyone's talent to shine but they have to agree to shine in a certain way under the umbrella of a certain theme. And we don't really want everybody to be identically the same because then we wouldn't have anything unique to contribute. Yes, very good. So I want you to be a bridge for others who may be facing challenges in their lives, believing in success, and that is possible for them. Will you be vulnerable and share how Um, a previous challenge or situation in your life made you feel, think, behave? What did it take to reinvent yourself? Ten years is a long time to be in the background and be with yourself. So one of the things that I needed to overcome was issues with memory. I short-term memory was not to be trusted and long-term memory wasn't always seemingly available. Things, expressing myself was something that wasn't comfortable. It was difficult for me to complete sentences sometimes. And so... That was following the accident? Yes. And so if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for people like my husband, who had so much faith in me and supported me mm. through, through all of that... I'm not sure that the story would have folded and unfolded in, in, in this same way. Hmm. So the whole idea is that for, for me, being able to access my resources, such as my husband, rely on his confidence in me to say, okay, um, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give it a try. And then to be validated with feedback from my community, that that 
that sort of brought everything full circle and and has given me the confidence, for instance, to be here with you today, Pamela. Hmm, very nice. I'm reflecting on, uh, you started off talking about having been bullied and things like that. And your life took a turn, a very positive turn. Then you wound up with this husband who's so supportive and so giving, so inspiring. That gives hope, I hope, to people who may be going through challenging situations and knowing that if you keep believing in connections and relationships and just having hope that things can turn around. So a few days ago, you referenced fear being paralyzing. So given your background in psychology, will you explain this idea in more detail, how fear can be paralyzing? What did it mean for you? And what what do you think it means overall from a psychological point of view? Great question, Pamela. And it, it doesn't come with easy answers. From, from the psychological perspective, we, we know that fear causes people to act in a, in a way that is either fight or flight. In other words, people either stay and want to defend their honor or they experience flight and just want to exit the situation as quickly as possible. Like, get me out of here. I don't want to have anything to do with this. In that sense, I suppose one can say it's not the fear so much that is the paralysis. It is the, it is acting on the fear, the act, the the bit of acting on the fear that creates paralysis. But I take it one step deeper and I say, okay, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of starting or am I afraid of finishing? If I'm afraid of starting, is that because of fear of failure? Is that because of fear of ridicule, judgment, for instance, by others? You mean you're doing that? Are you kidding me? Like, where do you where do you get off doing that? (laughs) So digging deeper into where is that fear coming from? Does it maybe there was an event that has caused a limiting belief to occur that is perpetuating a fear that no longer makes sense. Deeper things to examine other than just, I'm afraid. No, afraid of what? And what is the worst thing that could happen? You know, I wanted to ask that question because for one, you have a background in psychology, but two, so many people never actually overcome fears that are limiting them. So many people die having never reached for the things that was really in their heart. So I just wanted us to consider for a moment, like, what would you say are things people should do to commit to trying to overcome that fear? Thanks for extending the conversation on this, because what comes to mind is that Having a fear can be um, the disguise for protecting ourselves. If I'm afraid of driving in a snowstorm, that could be because I value my life, uh, I value my, my family, and I'm not ready to leave. So if we don't honor both sides of the question with respect to fear, 
we'll never be able to unravel it or sort it out. So you injected that to posit that there's healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Yes. Okay. And so I agree. Don't want to go in the snowstorm, especially if all the signs are, if you do, you won't come out alive. But what are those snowstorms, if you will, that you need to go into? Because you'll come out alive. It won't be easy getting to the other side, but you'll come out alive, but you have to face the wind and the ice and the cold because you know that coming out on the other side is going to lead to somewhere beautiful. That six-hour final exam could, could be one of those events. I mean, if you choose to avoid it because you're locked in fear, you'll never be able to access the golden nugget at the other end. There are fears uh, sometimes that are simply the label for a personal challenge. For instance, uh, what, Pamela, what if, what if I said, you know, I've booked us two tickets. We are going to be landing in base camp in Nepal to climb Mount Everest September 15th. So the challenge that we set before us can set the stage for fear. And sometimes there are strategies as simple as, okay, before I go on stage to deliver my soliloquy, I am going to don my armor. I'm going to do my deep breathing exercises. I'm going to visualize everything being all right. And I will step into my fear and I will be fine. I like in the midst of what you said there for me was, I'm not going to run from this big thing that I'm afraid of, but I'm going to put it into manageable steps. And I think uh, hopefully that's important to a lot of our listeners. Instead of getting overwhelmed by the final product, make that first brush stroke on the canvas of the painting that you want. Yes, yes. And let whatever color and stroke it is be okay. And learn your way forward. If you find later that that wasn't the stroke you wanted and that wasn't the color you wanted, just go back and get a fresh canvas and go at it again. I like that. So how does one practice perseverance while reinventing him or herself? I think I, think I may have just touched on that a little bit. <laughs> but let's hear your take on it. No. Perseverance all by itself, to me, is naked. It, it needs to have some, some clothing wrapped it, that it's wrapped in. But one of the things that perseverance needs, in, in my opinion, is vision. We need to have a vision, a goal, a target. We need to be aiming at something. Right. Because without that, we wouldn't be able to measure perseverance. Perseverance is... I mean, it, it's something that it's internal. And as a result, without commitment, we wouldn't have tenacity or perseverance. So I'm committing to the vision. I'm committing to this outcome to make it happen. I like the way you explain that because uh, it made me reflect on perseverance a little differently, actually. I'm always thinking of just, uh, no matter what, get through it. But, 
But I started saying to myself, get through what while I was listening to you? And that's the key. If you have the vision, because I believe every human being, and I don't think I ever thought this until this very moment, every human being has perseverance. The question is, what are you using yours for? We all persevere, but we usually frame perseverance around, I don't know, a job you want or something you hope for, but we're using perseverance all the time. And that's why the vision that you spoke of is so important. If I focus on the vision and then even your passion around it, perseverance that's not foreign to you. You just need to apply it in this other area. But I think oftentimes we separate the idea and it causes us not to notice that we have perseverance. Like either you're the group of people who persevere or, or you're not that group. But I actually think everyone perseveres. (laughs) It's just what are you applying it to? Yes. But I'm going to add one more piece and, and that is that we all experience an internal reward for the perseverance that we've contributed. There's a reward for having sus- sustainability. There's, there's a reward for sticking to the computer till the last word is in at one o'clock in the morning before you shut the lights out. Mm-hmm. It's a feeling of satisfaction. It's there's nobody there saying, "Oh, Pamela, good job." You know, pat you on the head. No, it, it's internal. But in a way, we pat ourselves on on the back. It's some type of high associated with it. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm thinking of it in that way because I'm even thinking about someone who works out. They persevere through the pain of working out physically, even though their muscles are hurting or their body is aching, they get it done. And there's like some kind of adrenaline release or something. And they feel like they really achieved, but I'm, I'm wondering what's stopping us from applying that. Like for us, it would be finishing that last word at one in the morning. Why don't I then apply that to my workout? Or why does the person who applies it to their workout not apply it to that job they want and what it takes to get it. What do you value? What do you value most? So that how goes do you back to the vision? How do you validate yourself? I always say basically what you just said, how bad do you want it? You can sit all day long and talk about, oh, I want to do this and one day I want to have this house and one day I want to have this job or I want to wanna whatever. What are you doing? It's not You don't really want it if you haven't started taking the steps to get there. It shows a level of how much you want it. And that thing is unfortunately low on the list. But I think we trick ourselves into thinking is high on our list. We talk a good game, but don't necessarily formulate action. It's the same as people people who are in the idea business. Mm. I will say an idea is worth nothing until you've been able to monetize it. So an idea that I have about fitness, if it's not something that I value as much as I value meeting work deadlines, my work will take priority over my personal fitness. 
because it's something that I value more. It isn't that I don't value both. We prioritize. Wanting to retire young. And when I listen to people such as myself who really, really value that, but are slow to get moving in that direction, it actually makes me question the priority level where I've been assuming it's a high priority. Mm. If you talk about a thing, even if it's, I want to be rich, I don't know. I want to minister or help people. And it seems like a really, really sincere desire. People talk about it all the time, but the actions never line up with causing that to manifest. But as an outsider, listening to that person, I've bought in. This is high priority. But the person's actions haven't bought in, which makes me then say, is it really for them a high priority? So we're at that point where the conversation is coming to an end. And I always ask my guests the same final question. And it's, which one final gem would you leave with the audience if they forget everything else uh, that your book is talking about, your coaching, our conversation? What's the one thing you're like, but don't forget this one? My answer to you comes from the afterword in Lessons I Learned from the Tortoise. And it goes like this. Challengers inspire us to take giant steps long before we might ever become giants. You know, challengers can can be, as I said, think people, they can be events, they can be bullies, and they can be cheerleaders. So what if we took on something from one of our challengers, brought it into our, our active life in a way that says, yes, I accept the challenge. And I'm going to take a step to move forward on it to make this a positive, a positive outcome. You can find lessons I learned from the tortoise on, on Amazon, uh, or you can look me up on donnapdoll.com, find information uh, about me there. I'm always, always happy to be invited to be someone else's challenger. That's wonderful. You know what? But I'm not going to stop it just there. I got one last thing. What you call challenger, the way you're using this word, how did you come to use it in that way? It represents obstacles. It represents maybe even that bully or even a negative mindset. Why challengers? When I think of challenges without the R, I, I think of something that, that for me seems formidable. It feels too large to take on. Mm-hmm. So the size is not comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. When, I think of, when I think of challengers, I think of, for instance, a professor who wrote in the margin of one of my papers, Donna, you should be a writer because you are one. And I read that and go, oh, hmm, I wonder if I could be that. I wonder. So challengers is a positive. They're pushing you forward toward purpose and destiny. Yes. Challengers recognize something in you. So they are challenging you forward. So they're a challenger. Yes. Challengers poke at our metal 
and cause us to develop armor plate. Mm, okay, very good. So you're saying find your challengers to help you overcome your challenges. Yes. Yes. Nice. And, that, and that's what you do as a coach. Yes. And as an author and as a person who's giving back from the life lessons learned. Thank you, Pamela. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us today, Donna. You're very welcome. Well, friends, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Envision Together Going to Our Next Level of Best podcast. I hope today's topic inspired you to envision a brighter future getting to your next level of best and to urge others to reach theirs as well. If you are encouraged by today's episode, subscribe and share it with your family and friends. Also, please write a review. It will help me to reach a wider audience with a message of hope and inspiration. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and share your thoughts about today's episode. Until next time, envision the future you want to see.